You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. And T Mac is not here today. She abandoned us. Oh, no. Yeah, um, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. We have replaced her. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I'm joined by some amazing guests today. Uh, first of all, I want to introduce my co host. This is somebody that uh, you have definitely not met before. But she's an amazing person. She's a very amazing person. So um, we're joined by Grace today. Grace. Oh, hello. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And those are very big shoes that you wanted to give me. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's okay. In fact, just wear your own shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's better. That's better. <laughs> don't don't. You don't have to fight in T Max armor. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 all right. Um, and and today we're joined by the one and only, the one and only, PC. Wow, it's always good to be here, guys. I'm happy to be here, and um, you guys give me so much love that it's embarrassing sometimes, eh? But what a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to the discussion. We love loving you, PC. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've been MIA. Where you've been, where where have you been, PC? Eh? Uh, well, I've been at home actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around uh, doing the work of God, seeing His goodness, ministering God's word, and just uh, seeing many lives changed, seeing the kingdom being built up, and uh, spending a bit, a fair bit of time uh, in His presence, Mm. and just actually just enjoying the goodness of His word. It's it's fantastic, I can tell you. I love that. I love that. I see some of your sermons on Facebook, and I'm like, this guy does not stop, man. Always on the go. Uh, We try our best. Um, we might as well work whilst it's still day. Yeah, night is coming, mm-hmm. and nobody can work. So I'm I'm excited to do the work as we have the time. Lovely, lovely. Thank you, PC. Uh, and just in case you're wondering who Grace is, I'm not gonna tell you who she is. I'm gonna let her introduce herself, and um, so that you can all get acquainted with Miss Grace. Can I call you Miss Style and Grace? Oh, wow. <laughs> Why not? By all means. Yeah. So, Grace, please go ahead. So, hi, everybody. My name is Grace Mashinkaite. I'm a podcaster. Um, I have a podcast called Capture the Thoughts, and I also do a bit of social media marketing, some content strategy and development here and there. Um, so that's really me in a nutshell. Um, love the Lord, love anything, love working for the kingdom, love serving. Um, that's the kind of person I am. And I'm just super excited to be here. Uh, it's just great to be part of the cool gang, at least for an episode. <laughs> the cool gang. Did you just call us the cool gang? Yeah. Okay, we'll gladly take that. <laughs> Awesome. Lovely to, well, lovely to have you here, Grace. Um, and Grace is, Grace is helping us with a lot of stuff, just where our social media is concerned. She's like a total rock star when it comes to that. So oh, exciting, wow. exciting, exciting times ahead. The pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can handle it. Okay, cool. So I want to get straight into today's discussion. Um, so t- today we're discussing a topic that I believe uh, is pretty relevant because just because of where we're at. And I think a lot of people find themselves in this place where you feel let down by God or you feel like God 
is not there when, when you need him. And so you're, you're left with questions and you're like, but, you know, why, how, how do I deal with the fact that I've trusted God, I've believed God, I have, sometimes you've even done stuff, you've, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've done, you've done all the, the right things, but you still feel like, you know, God hasn't come through or, um, yeah, you're just left in that space where you're feeling like God has abandoned you. So I want to just throw it out there and either one of you can, can chime in. <clears throat> the question being, does God ever let us down? Ooh, you didn't save that for last. You just went straight into it. You know what? Let's, let's just... You just went straight into it. <laughs> let's, just, let's just jump right in. Does God ever actually let us down? The man just shot from the hip, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if I was to answer that, my obvious answer would be no. He has no capacity, ability, or moment of weakness where he could ever let any of us down. However, I do believe that there are times when God does not act in a way we expect him to act or respond in circumstances in ways we would expect him to respond. In such moments, we may then be led, some of us, to think that God has actually let us down. But I don't think God could ever let anybody down any day, any season, any place, anyhow. It's like that cliche verse that everyone references, that he's working all things out for our good. Um, and it's so true. I think it's very, very true. In as much as it's hard to believe in some seasons, I think, yeah, that's how God works. The cliche verse. The cliche. <laughs> People use it often, and sometimes they misapply it, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think, so... so and, and I love what you just said there, PC, that God, God has no capacity to let us down. Um, but there are moments where he either doesn't respond in the way that we thought that, that, that we thought he should, or we had a certain expectation and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't come through in the way that, that we expected. So my, my question is this, we're encouraging the word to pray and you've got scriptures like, um, ask and, and you will receive, mm -hmm. right? Um, and Jesus, does any of you, snap, I'm sorry if I butcher the scripture here, but in James, it talks about, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him, let him ask God. Mm. And, um, and it says, let him ask God. What, what does it say? If, if, anyone, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, uh -huh. who gives to all liberally without Not finding, finding fault. fault. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's like this picture that we're given that mm. God gives freely. And he says all good things come, come from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variables, no, no shadow of turning. Mm. So I'm saying, so we, we, quote, we, we look at these scriptures, we can stand on them and say, God, I believe this. Mm. And then if we trusted and believed God for something, um, and then still it feels like God hasn't responded, even after we promised that he, he would respond. I think that's where often the mismatch happens right where we feel like ah, but but god you said mm -hmm. you said mm -hmm. you say, in other words god you said if i pray or if i have faith yeah. you're gonna heal me yeah i've had faith 
and then why am I not healed, for example? Mm -hmm. And I give I give that as a very broad example, by the way. So how I want to look at that is 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 this way. There's uh, two things I'd like to put in there in terms of knowledge. The first would be, of course, I believe they're one in the same thing. The first would be knowledge of who God is. Mm -hmm. is very important to understanding how he works. Okay? Right. I like how kids work their way up their parents, you know? Yeah. And know that uh, for this kind of thing, do not ask dad. All right? Go straight to mom. Because if you present your case to mom, you're going to get a yes. But for this kind of thing, don't talk to mom. Talk to dad. Because dad's going to be your plug on this kind of thing. I believe that a lot of people don't quite acquaint themselves with who God is mm. to be able to understand how he would work in any and every circumstance. And, and, and closely linked to that is knowledge of his word. This is why I said these are two, two things or two in one, as it were. Knowledge of what God says about particular circumstances mm -hmm we may find ourselves in, insofar as um, regards how we're supposed to respond in certain circumstances or what happened, what happens, say we find ourselves where it seems life is contradicting what the word of God or what his promises have said. Mm -hmm. So when a person doesn't understand or doesn't know the word fully, the word of God fully, all right, there's going to be bound, uh, there's bound to be some disappointments with regards to the delivery the delivery aspect of God. All right, so ask anything in my name and you shall have it. Mm -hmm. it, must be, it must be contrasted or it must be balanced by um, John who says, if we ask according to his will, right. mm -hmm. for instance. Okay, so even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, I remember a few episodes ago that I, 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 I specifically mentioned that a lot of people claim to have faith and yet how they behave is contrary to the faith that they then say, I had faith, I believed, and so forth and so forth. So now, when you understand the word to its fullest, you're able, firstly, to know how to deal with particular circumstances in a way that maximizes results or to respond when you don't get certain outcomes that you that you are expecting or believing God to give you. So how well do you know God? How well do you understand his word? That little part for me is the beginning or is the difference between being disappointed in God or understanding what's happening at any and every given uh, moment? Mm -hmm. mm. But what if there is indeed a promise, but mm. there's a period of waiting that you must go through? Um, how do you retain your faith in that period? Is knowledge of God and his words um, enough to carry you through that? Absolutely. I would, I would say so, because um, even when we talk about waiting, the Bible is very, very uh, clear about what waiting is, waiting on the Lord. I love Psalm chapter 40. Love it so much. I was, I, was, I was Facebooking about it. And the psalmist says, I waited patiently on the Lord. And you know what? He inclined his ear to me. He heard my prayer. Right? Um, Hebrews, let's imitate those who through faith and patience obtained the promise. So what happens actually if you're to look at just this thing called waiting, right? The Bible is very clear how we wait, what we wait for, if I should say that, and uh, how, to, how to carry ourselves through that. What happens with another person? They don't quite appreciate that little thing that you've just raised. And then when things don't go 
a certain way. That's why I said we might then believe that God has let us down. But perhaps on our part, we might not have um, satisfied certain key uh, requirements insofar as certain things needing to happen. Okay? So the, the, the understanding of the word for me is very, very critical. The understanding of scripture insofar as what God is doing or how he does things will help a person. Look, let's talk about prayer. I prayed about it and nothing happened. God disappointed me. Luke 18 verse 1. Then Jesus taught them a parable that men ought always to pray and not faint. Now the parable in Luke 18 for me brings one simple lesson. If it hasn't happened, keep praying. If it has not yet happened, keep praying. But what does some, somebody say? I prayed about it and I prayed about it and I prayed about it and God just didn't do it. Whenever people tell me that, I'll say, why did you stop praying? I mean, if you're trying to phone a genuine phone number off your phone and for whatever reason it refuses to go through, you don't throw away phoning, you don't throw away the call, the phone, sorry. You just repeat that number until you get through. You never totally give up on, on calling. So this is what I'm saying sometimes that some people don't actually appreciate what God has actually said. And then we get in, in to some extent um, and, and partially apply what God has said. When things don't happen, it looks like God didn't respond or God, God disappointed us when in actual fact we did not apply the word of God correctly. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. And thank you, thank you for that, PC. Uh, just thinking, as, you, as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking about another, another aspect mm. of all of this, which is the sovereignty of God, mm. which, which is that God ultimately has the final say, right, on, on how, how things are going to happen, if certain things are going to happen. And so can, can we say that there are going to be moments where we do all that we're supposed to do, we pray, we stand, we believe, we, we continue to pray. And then, the per- I don't mean to be insensitive, but the person still dies. Mm. Or the, the healing doesn't come the way that we, we thought that the healing ought to have come. Or, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, <clears throat> there, there's so many of those stories where, some, where, where you've had saints who've gone through that. Mm. And maybe they, they lose a child and the child, you know, the child actually dies, but they continue serving God. They continue, they, they continue persevering. And those are some of the questions. I've had those questions many times where I'm like, but wait, what about, so, so are there instances where God is going to say, no, yeah, it's cool. You've prayed. You've, you've done, we've done all the things that you're supposed to do, but the answer is still no, or the answer is still, it's not going to be that way. I, I think definitely we've got instances like that. And this is why I started by saying you have to know right. God. And how he operates. I really like the fact that you've brought out that uh, that joker called the sovereignty of God. That to say, ultimately, God does not live for us. <laughs> you would be shocked how many people think that God is their waiter <laughs> and is just waiting to. He is too big. I once took a shoe the size of a baby in church, and I gave an illustration to say, no matter how much I wanted my foot, which is size eight. Mm-hmm. could never fit into this baby's shoe. And I said, many of you, you're trying through your prayers and your life to get a whole huge God to fit into your yeah. tiny life. Even if he wanted, he could never do that. And I'm taking this from your point to say, definitely God, we must, that's why I said knowing God, 
we knowing God starts for me with understanding that God is is already up to something. Before you showed up, he was already up to something. Right. After you're gone, he's up to something. You're supposed to be fitting into what so it's really all about him mm. and not about you. Wisdom now, and I like what Rick Warren said when he's, when he talked about prayer. Wisdom would say, don't say to God, God, can you please bless what I'm doing? Rather, wisdom says, God, please help me to do what you're blessing. <laughs> There's a difference there. Okay? A lot of people are trying to get God to bless what they're doing. Now, his, his, his foot is too big to fit into that. So, the sovereignty of God at a very uh, exponential level is doing a lot of things way beyond mm-hmm. our very limited scope. Mm-hmm. Okay? Some of those things, because we don't know God or his word, we can never understand. And like children, you see, sometimes us with babies, when our children were young, there's things we just did, they would cry. We never explained it to them because they were too young. You see, but when you now know God, when you now know the aspect of his sovereignty, you know he's working. In fact, I dare say that there are certain things which we may not like, which God sovereignly does. But because we are in relationship with God, mm-hmm. we will then know, okay, this particular thing I'm praying for it, God will tell you straight up, David, this child is not going to make it. All right? Yeah. This child is not going to make it, David, as much right. as you're praying this one is is not is not making it. It's not happening. You see, so now when you don't know God, you may not be on at, at that level to even hear that kind of word. Yeah, mm. you know, He might not even communicate it to you because your maturity is not. Remember Jesus with the disciples. He says, "I have many things I want to tell you guys." Yeah, but you're not able to handle them. All right. So, in terms of the sovereignty of God, definitely, how how well do we know God to appreciate? what he does in spite and despite what we'd want. Mm-hmm. When we're now mature, we now know that there's certain things, if you're trying to touch this particular area, mm-hmm. just, just let it go. <laughs> let it go. God's not going to reverse time and take you back to 1980, all right? <laughs> or speed it up and take you to 2050, for instance, <laughs> and, and, and so many other yeah. things. So, so it's, I'm, I'm coming back to how well do, do we know God? You see, how well do you know God? When we get to that place of knowledge, then we're able to separate. And the reason, sorry, I'm taking so much time here, is we also then avoid calling certain things the sovereignty of God. Right. Which is right. actually man's fault. Okay. Okay? Because maybe, maybe just speak to that a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, when you're talking about the sovereignty of God, I once, I once talked about why miracles uh, don't happen. And I put them in two, in, two, in two categories. Miracles don't happen, number one. Because of God's sovereignty. Number two, because of man's humanity or man's failing. Mm -hmm. You see? So there are times when what God does, right, what God is doing, will make sure that whatever we want to happen won't happen. Is sovereignty correct? But for the majority of times, the things that don't happen come down to all of us. And what I'm saying is difficult for a person who's immature. But I'll point you to Jesus and the disciples. Every time the disciples failed at something, Jesus said no good words for them. Every time. When they failed to, uh, to cast out that devil from that child, the devil which wanted to throw him into the, into the fire, mm-hmm. water to kill him, when he comes, he shouts at them, you unbelieving generation, how long am I going to even enjoy you guys? Yeah. Jesus, we were trying to cast out the devil. They were trying. They were attempting to cast it out. 
they were doing what was supposed to happen. And when he comes, you think you'd, you'd at least show some empathy to say, you know what, guys, well you know, well tried. You know, it's the, it's the thought that counts, you know. But he says, hey, there's something wrong with you guys. <laughs> Your unbelieving generation, how long am I going to bear with you? Now, if you say these kinds of things Sometimes. to people that are immature, you're going to be in trouble. So I'm saying now, and then he explains how faulty their faith was in that particular instance. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, when you know the word of God, when you know God, you are able to quickly distinguish between his sovereignty and man's limitation or humanity that's causing certain things to happen. This is why I'm saying it's important. Yeah. This is why I'm saying it's important because some people then always say it was God's will. You know, it was, it, it was just God, it's, it's, it's just God's will that this thing happened. You know, and then that becomes a convenient card, you know, but it's not always correct. Yeah. Mm, just to bounce off that, I know a lot of people who experience disappointment when their prayers aren't answered. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can really shake their faith to the point that they may even consider leaving church and some of them even leaving the faith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how serious it can get sometimes. And it's, it's really hard to then come before God and ask for anything else again. Um, and I suppose that's also where that knowledge of God comes in that you're mentioning. Um, but how do you... And how do you develop that knowledge of God per se? How do you? That's good. It's a very good question. There. How do we get into that deeper relationship to the point that we know that okay, this is how God is working. This is this is or this is me. This is what I'm trying to, my I'm trying to impose my feelings on this situation. How do we just? How do we get to that point where we're able to distinguish? To get that knowledge. Yeah. I, I'll propose three doors. There are three doors to knowledge. Maybe my point of departure in answering that question. Would be, would be Solomon. I love Solomon. I'm in love with Solomon. Um, Proverbs 4 verse 7. Something very interesting. It says, it says wisdom is a principal thing. Mm -hmm. It's a principal thing. The building block is wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. With all that getting, get understanding. <laughs> now, my definition of wisdom, by the way, guys, is knowing how things work. It's just figuring out how things work and then obviously proceeding. Now, Solomon says, figure out how things work. If you're going to what, succeed in anything. And I'm now applying it to God to say, you need to figure out, you know, the workings of God in order to be able to grow. You've asked the question, how do you get to know God? And so I would propose um, three ways we all get to grow in the knowledge of God. And, and I must say, that's a very important thing. Because remember, Paul says in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. To the Ephesians, he's not praying for money. He says, uh, I pray that you guys have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him. Yeah. Peter talks about grace. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge. Right. So for me, the first part is prayer. Okay, prayer is part of the revelation equation. You pray, you get to know God. Why? Prayer is communication. Anytime you spend time with anybody, you're going to get to know them better. All right, that's the first part. You build your knowledge in God, right? The second part is through people. It's through people. If I want to know uh, Mr. K, our producer, right? And trying to get to figure him out is being very difficult. I might go to Cookie Monster, right? Who knows him a little bit better? Right. And he, he might tell me that, well, if you want a thousand from Mr. K, all right? Put on your baby face. Talk about how you're wanting to impact the world. 
sustainability and all that stuff mm-hmm. and make sure you say so for the glory of God. Right. And then your information to me gets me to know him, right? So the people you spend time around can enhance your knowledge of God because there's always somebody who knows God and who's worked with God at a higher level right. than you are, which is why church is important. So you hang around with those people, you get to know things about God quicker mm-hmm. than the seven years it would take for you via your own experience. And finally, directly through the word. Directly. I love that. Directly mm-hmm. to, through the word. Because Paul says to Timothy, study. He says, study. To show yourself approved um, a workman unto God who needs not yes. to be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the Amplified. It says, rightly divide. In fact, it says, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing the word of truth, correctly analyzing and and accurately dividing dividing. the word of truth. So there has to be an intentionality Mm -hmm. into studying the word of God. Daniel studied Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. right? And out of studying Jeremiah, he then did something. Imagine if Daniel did not study Jeremiah. And the if effect of that seventy-year prophecy, and so forth and so forth. So, how does a person get to know and increase their knowledge of God? Definitely prayer, definitely people, and definitely study. I love this of the word. I love this. Uh, and as you're as you're speaking, PC, I'm just thinking about the fact that we we often want to depart from the found, from the foundations. Mm. From the let's call them the, the basics, mm. right? And we think that knowledge of God is something that's just supposed to come via maybe somebody just lays hands on you. Supernatural. Or, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You just yeah. down, you just or, download it. Or, or you just download it, or you're yeah. just gonna read some book and then boom, all of a sudden. Yeah. But you you have to go through the process. You have mm. to learn, and and perhaps part of the reason why we will go through those painful moments is God trying to teach us to know him and and i find that part of the challenge we have with our generation is we're so used to things happening instantly mm-hmm. we're so used to hey you know what i want um i type something in and and it appears mm-hmm. on, in my google search or if i want something to happen if i want to listen to this song on spotify i just search for it mm-hmm. boom it's there and i think we can almost have that same approach when it comes to the things of god that we think yeah you just punch in the right code and boom. and then boom, God is gonna, God is going to make it happen. Yeah. But the, the difference is that God is not a machine. Uh, God is not an ATM machine for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and God is not just trying to get us. God is not just trying to cater to our our needs, our needs our and wants. our feelings and our wants. God is working out a much a much greater plan, and mm-hmm. He's got a way of doing things. Um, quick question, and I want I'm going to throw this one at you, Grace. Um, if you don't mind me, if, or if you don't mind sharing, how how have you handled moments where you you felt like you've been disappointed, or you felt like God has let you down? Hmm, not always the best way. I am human, but I have been learning lately to just press into Him regardless and go beyond how I feel at that particular moment Um, because it's so easy for our feelings to dictate our relationship with God and you don't want to just um, just move away from him just because things are not working the way you want them to work so what I've done lately is actually I have started like owning a gratitude journal 
And I know it seems completely out there in terms of solutions, but then by noting how God has been faithful, um, even the small things, even the small miracles, the things that we take for granted on a daily basis, hmm. it helps me to realize that, okay, God is still God. Um, he may not have answered the big thing that I'm, I've been praying for, but he's still working in the little things. He's still given me a place to rest, food to eat. He's given me a community. He's doing all of those things for me. And so that is how I've managed to, you know, stay right. fixed on him. Wow. Gratitude yeah. journal. I like that. How does PC do it? <laughs> the- because the, the the question was actually coming to you next. It was so. coming to you next. <laughs> the first thing, obviously, I would probably say is, I want to know why. I want. To, oh, firstly, okay, maybe let me back out. Mm-hmm. I already don't think God can disappoint, for starters. So if it hasn't happened, God, I want to know why this particular thing has not happened. Firstly, what I wanted to happen is it aligning with your will according to the word of God. Mm-hmm. So supposing it does align with the word of God, I want to know, okay, God, this has happened. Why is this not so? I get strength from Genesis 25 and the Isaac story. I'm just saying I pray yeah. to God so that God can respond to me. I'm one of those old school people who believes that if you actually ask God the question, God will actually answer that question, either directly in your spirit or he will direct you to a scripture that applies to the very question that um, God that you've put before God. Mm-hmm. So I pray, I pray, and I'm direct to God. Remember, you can ask anything. There's no question God cannot answer. God is not going to say the search is incomplete or inconclusive. <laughs> Sorry, no, ma- nothing to match. So I actually, and I encourage people to. Yeah. Of course, I would, I would first expect a person to be at a maturity level to be able to hear the voice of God, at the very least from scripture. Yeah. Okay? Supposing I give money and I don't get a harvest, you know, what does scripture say? Before we talk about praying, for example. Right? So, I pray. I want to pray and um, understand why God speaks. He will always speak. Uh, I'm reminded of Psalm 119, you know, just coming back to something you mentioned a bit earlier. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, it was good for me to be afflicted. That I might learn your decrees. It was good that I was afflicted. We are afflicted by two reasons. Either our not our lack of wisdom, I won't call it stupidity, right? Our lack of wisdom. Yeah. Or there's something else at play which is larger than all of that. But the, look how the psalmist approaches affliction. He's seeing the light in affliction. Paul is talking to the Philippian church from house arrest in Rome. Mm. In Philippians chapter number 1, it should be around verse 13, 14. You know what he says to them? He says, I want you guys to know that everything that happened has actually worked to the advancement of the of the gospel. Mm. What is he talking about? Him in jail. And he's saying, you know, jail is actually advancing the gospel. Mm. He says, everything that has worked in my life is actually advancing the gospel. So did I intend to be in prison? No. But this prison experience is advancing the gospel. Okay, so I got fired. And if we apply that verse in our lives, mm-hmm. this getting fired from work, even though I was innocent, has to advance the gospel. You know, I lost my child, even though we did nothing wrong, we did everything we could possibly do. If we were to apply Philippians chapter 1, 
it's advancing the gospel. So this is why I'm saying that um, if you look at, 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 at scripture and how it responds to issues of disappointment, you can quite easily apply it even in your own life. Yeah. Mm. You can quite easily apply it even in your own life and be able never to think that at any given time God is disappointed. Imagine the disciples when Jesus was dying. He had even told them, guys, I'm going to die. Yeah. But the guys are crying hopelessly, not realizing that, hey, the plan is that he's supposed this to is, die. This, this is the plan. You see, so that's part of the plan. But they, will, they only remember these things after. You see, so how many people know the plan according to the word of God? You see, and then how many people know the plan according to my relationship with God? When I prayed this morning, God told me that this is how the day is going to go. All right? There's going to be traffic. Something, something difficult is going to happen. You know, a Christian who knows God, who really knows God, should be able to anticipate difficulties, dangers. Right? Proverbs. A wise person sees danger and hides. And hides, yeah. But the fool continues to go. Mm-hmm. Right? So, the closeness we have with God, the close relationship, shall I hide from Abraham? What am I about to do? You know, Abraham is already told ahead of time, that Sodom and Gomorrah, things are about to go down. Yeah. 400 years, your, your children are going to be in Egypt. So, so how close are we to God to be able to appreciate the workings of God in things we don't necessarily want to happen? Mm-hmm. So we, we've got to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. I love it. Hmm. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, as Christians, we, are very, we tend to be very happy clappy. Sometimes we tend to deny even to God, how we are truly feeling about a situation. And so how do we balance that openness and honesty with God, with reverence as well? Um, Because sometimes, yes, we know that God is good, but it doesn't feel that way. And we also have, he's our father, and we should be in a position to tell him what is really going on with us. And so how do we balance that wanting to... Acknowledge God for who he is and at the same time not deny how we're feeling about a situation. You just touched a very exciting part which, which gets me excited because um, there's this thing about people saying, you know, I vent out to God. You know, you know I, just, I just literally, you know, I just went and I, and I let loose, I let rip. And, 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 and um, I've got what many people might consider to be very, very... Uh, <laughs> Uh, controversial views about that. I mean, are you absolutely sure you can really go and get angry at God? Because I mean, I mean do do you actually understand just how how huge God can be? That um, you point the finger at him and uh, ask him, "What in this world are you doing?" You know, Jeremiah told, "Hey, I'm the potter, you're the clay. Can the clay actually?" Get up and say to the porter, what, 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 are, you, you what are you making? Solomon, my favorite, Ecclesiastes. Where the word of a king is, there's power. Who can come to a king and say, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? So I, I, I think in, in, in Christendom, I hope I'm answering here because I'm going to come back to balancing. <laughs> Uh, I think we must be careful at this, you know. You know, I just told, I just said to God, you know, you know, you know, how can you do this? You know, I, I was so angry at God, angry at God, angry. Okay, angry at God. I mean, as in, God's got no idea what He's doing in your life. He's up. In fact, when you go to Him, He's, he's like, hey, you know what? What you've just brought into 
onto the table right now we had no idea about that issue so let me call an angel right now and uh, guys um uh, we hadn't actually planned about that let's see what we can do that's how disorganized god who made billions of gazillions of stars who makes this earth rotate around the sun 365 days a year suddenly to have no idea of how tiny little you who's one in eight billion people right his life is going and suddenly god gets stuck you know the other day I was, I was i was shouting really and i was saying you know what you know what god has got the grace to take care of the rats in your house the rats you know they thank god in the red basement in the red church they they praise god for provision when you bring groceries you know and when one of the rats dies people laugh when i say this the rest will even say you know what it was god's time <laughs> <laughs> you know god is the sense to take care of a bird in a country with a dying economy all right with a non functioning economy a bird in gaza right now a bird in gaza where israel and palestine are fighting mm-hmm. a bird is still eating where there's war and then when it comes to your life god has no idea how to handle your life whose hairs are numbered who he died for on the cross who he ordained before your father and mother got together dude please Get off that high horse and just take a chill pill, all right? Okay? <laughs> so this is why I say that this this is a little bit controversial. So please uh, you can they take say you can add pill. me or, or, or whatever. So so go easy on God. He's is mm-hmm. beyond your oldest imagination. When you're talking uh, uh you know what I was thinking that do you know that God is way more advanced than AI. The way we talk about AI. Mm-hmm. My friend, mm-hmm. bring all of AI 1000 years from now. Bring it before God in half a second, He will dismantle it. There's no searching of His knowledge. Now, how does little old me come and put my face in front of God? Thank God for His love, and have the nerve and temerity to begin to question Him about things I don't know. Go read the story of Job. Yeah. Mm. You see, so so now, how do we balance? Mm. If you're going to balance, number one, like we've already started, have a very strong relationship with God. Yeah. All right, have a very strong relationship with God. Okay, why? When you have a strong relationship with God, your emotions and your heart are always going to come to God. They're never going to come out from a very carnal perspective. Mm. Okay, you're not going to be angry at God. People who are angry at God, for my, from my perspective, are people that don't really know God or what he's doing. Okay? Or what you, he can do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that, you see. So, so, so when you have a strong relationship with God, you pour out your heart. If you're if you're if you're down if you're downcast, you know you're able to pour out your heart before the Lord and do what David did. The Bible says he found strength in God. He could have actually gone to God and say, "Hey, isn't this a bit too much, God? I mean, Saul has already been on my back now. Zikla, God, how many people have had? You know what? This year has been so bad. January, this happened. June, this happened. Uh, August, and now November. This is what's when you know God." Even if everything has been going bad like that, you know, you still find strength and encouragement, even in those situations. But when you don't, like you said about the gratitude thing, you know, Proverbs 15, you know, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the person who's afflicted, the Bible says, you know, life is just, is just a, a bad thing. Buy them a Benz, they're complaining about life. Promote them, it's a good promotion, but the money is not enough. You know, get them married. Marriage is, marriage is okay, but the wedding wasn't very good. 
Okay? Uh, to the person who's afflicted, you know, life is a problem. But to the merry heart, the Bible says life is a continual feast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the person is in prison, they're celebrating in the midnight hour with Silas. So that level of relating with God for me, guys, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm so excited about this, but that level of relating with God helps you then to pour out, not in an, in an aggrieved fashion, but in a worship fashion. Yeah. Remember Job? Mm-hmm. He the poured Lord, out. The Lord giveth. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh. But blessed. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Remember Daniel? They've said we're going to get killed. He still went and bowed before the king. Remember David? Mm-hmm. He's lost a child. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He washed his face. Yeah. Went and ate. Mm-hmm. That shows you a level of relationship. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You know what? I think we're going to end it here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think any more needs to be said. Thank you so much for that, PC. You should just look at the passion in his eyes, the fire in yes. his eyes. Um <clears throat> I think this is such an important this is such an important um, topic, but I I feel the the just the conversation that we've had around it is is, is even more important because we, we we tend to have this small view of scripture, small low view of scripture, low view of God, and we think God is just like our our homie mm-hmm. next door. You know? yeah. I even listen to some of the worship songs that that we're writing these days. Yeah, I'm like very... I'm like guys. You know, Jesus is not your boyfriend, eh? You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. You wonder whether we're actually talking about God here. They're like, yes, we've got to we've got to be careful that mm-hmm. that we're dealing with a sovereign God. We're dealing with a with a holy God. We're dealing with somebody like you rightly said, PC. Somebody who's the Bible says his, his knowledge is unsearchable, mm-hmm. and so it also means that um, oof, like that picture that you gave there that. God is not unfamiliar with the details of your life. Mm. He's not out of touch with mm-hmm. what's going on in your life. And so th- that should calm us. That should bring us to a place of, of worship, to a place mm-hmm. of just saying, hey, you know what? I may not understand. Mm. I may not know. Mm. But I'll trust you, God. I will worship you. And I, th- I think that really should be the posture that, that we have. And then, of course, the things that have been discussed here uh, taking the active steps to get to know God. Because I think a lot of it comes down, part of it comes from a lot of bad theology as well, mm-hmm. yeah. where we, we've just learned a lot of bad practices. And I think part of it comes from us taking even worldly practices mm-hmm. and then we import, we them import exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we're thinking God, uh, God should react. If God really loves me, he should do this. You should just do this. You're like, oh girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, any, any closing words? From the two of you before we before we wrap it up god is too huge for me god is too huge too too huge for us to be able to totally comprehend it right so we might as well get as close to him as possible mm. so that we get adequate knowledge to understand and gain the trust i like what you say trusting god in the storm mm. trusting god Sorry, let me just also add this. Remember, God knows the end before the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that's going to happen that he hasn't seen and is concluded before him. So already his, his attention to detail is already finalized before anything has happened. When we know these things, you're able to trust God, not accuse him of um, disappointing you, but actually understand he is actually working everything for your good, including when you mess up. Yeah. Sorry, one last thing. Sure. A lot of what we say God disappointed us. I, I submitted to us. Sometimes it's us who've made very poor decisions. We make poor decisions 
Proverbs 19 verse 3, New Living Translation, a man ruins his life by his foolishness. Why does God get blamed? You see, so sometimes the things we attribute to, why is God making me go through this? You know, God is making me go through this. Um, a lot of times it's actually our poor decisions. Mm. And then somehow, some way, the scapegoat is a whole God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Grace? Yeah, I've noticed that sometimes God is working, when he gets us through those situations that are so difficult. He's actually working within us. I think sometimes it's his way of refining us. Um, and yeah, just as um, PEC mentioned earlier, we need to ask him, why am I in this situation? And if it's something, if it's for that purpose of developing your character and refining you, we need to submit to that process and lean on his wisdom and understanding so those those are my final two cents on that. Thank you, thank you. I wanna I wanna close I'm gonna close with a quote. Mm. Uh, it's a quote on worship. I, I might I might have shared this before, but I just I just feel like it's so it's so relevant to what we're talking about now. It says this is by Archbishop William Temple. He was Arch, Archbishop of, of Archbishop of. Canterbury, I think several years back, who said, worship is the submission of all of our nature to God. It's the quickening of conscience by his holiness, nourishment of mind by his truth, purifying of imagination by his beauty, opening of the heart to his love, submission of will to his purpose. All this gathered up in adoration is the greatest expression of which you are capable. Send that to me. Lots of words, but I just feel like, you know, the the only true response we can have to a god such as the god we worship is worship mm. you know we're not going to have all the answers we're not going to be able to comprehend everything yeah. but the one thing we can always do is to worship, to worship. Amen. amen 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 thank you all thank you for joining us thank you for listening if you have any questions comments queries uh, contact us via our various social media platforms and we will be sure to respond to you. Once again, thank you for listening. T-Mac will be back whenever or not. I'm joking, but she, she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be back. You know, she's doing married people things. Um, so, but she'll be back. And it's been lovely having Grace with us today. And of course, PC, as always, good to have you back. Thank you. And shout out to my wife. Ah. Oh, I'll be saying that too <laughs> soon, maybe sooner than you know. All right. Thank you guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot, it's fresh, it's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.